Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, hello. I'm going to try not to cough on you because I feel like I'm about to, but I'm trying mightily not to. Uh, welcome uh, to the program. It's October 23rd. It's a Wednesday. Uh I'm here in downtown Pittsburgh, where shortly uh, the President of the United States uh, will be ensconced uh, two blocks from here at the David Lawrence Convention Center. There are already uh, protests uh, going on, and I understand that there have already been some protesters arrested. Protests will be very far from the venue where the president will be speaking uh, because they've built a wall. <laughs> I mean, you can't get anywhere near it. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't walled off the river because that's dangerously close. Uh, snipers on rooftops. Schools closed down. Uh, I don't. I mean, to come here to a place, to a city, that overwhelmingly voted for his opponent, and then to leave us with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, in bills to pay for the extra security is just adding insult to injury. Uh, at any rate, uh, he's due to speak at 3.30. Uh, city fathers are telling everybody to get the holy hell out of here uh, uh, by whatever. I don't know what. What are they saying? 2.30 or something. It's going to be absolute gridlock, uh, road closures, all that. You know. You know the way it works. Although... Uh, you know, Obama came here a number of times. I don't remember schools ever being closed. And frankly, I don't remember this kind of level of protest. I mean, granted, when the G7 was here, uh, of course. And then this place was like a uh, an armed fortress. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, but here we are. He'll come He'll go, whatever. Just a reminder that we're back on our regular email, Lynn, at pghcitypaper.com. Um, the show is probably going to end about five minutes early uh, because uh, both I and Ryan Dito have to run out of here. Ryan, because he's a working journalist and has to get over and make sure he's properly credentialed to be in there when uh, when you know who comes. Uh, well, apparently the uh, testimony in the impeachment inquiry uh, yesterday uh, by the uh, by William Taylor, who is uh, currently the top American diplomat in Ukraine uh, was damning. I mean, just damning. So we are now at a point where it is quite clear 
that there was quid pro quo. And this will be uh, over and over again by others coming to testify. Uh, solidified. It's solidified now. This guy took incredible notes, apparently. Um, so it is clear now that the President of the United States refused to disperse uh, $400 million in funds that had been voted out by the part of our government that holds the purse strings, that's the Congress of the United States, Republicans and Democrats had said we need to give our allies, the Ukrainians, this close to a quarter of a million dollars to help them defend themselves against Russian military aggression. The president didn't disperse it. And it's become quite clear from both what the White House has said and what uh, others have testified in the inquiry that he didn't let them have the aid because he wanted them to jump through some very clear hoops. Those hoops have become much clearer, especially with the testimony of Taylor uh, yesterday. He wanted uh, the head of Ukraine, the new president of Ukraine, to publicly uh, state that his government was investigating the uh, gas company on whose board uh, Joe Biden's son uh, sat. And they wanted also, I think, and even more importantly, for the president to say that Ukraine was looking into and investigating uh, the fact that Ukraine had interfered in the American election of 2016. And if they did those things, the favor that the president referred to in, uh, in the phone call, the perfect phone call, uh, then I guess the funds would be uh, dispersed. Uh, that's a quid. There's a quo. And what we're left with is um, a clear, uh, I mean, there's a clear abuse of presidential power to secure information and ammo, ammo in his reelection effort believing he would be facing Joe Biden. It's against the law. It is flat out against the law. Now, how Republicans in the Senate, with this as a provable thing, are going to be able to say, well... It's, yeah, against the law, but it's not enough to impeach is beyond me. Ambassador Taylor said this. Because he was a real 
real. I mean, he's a, what, 50-year diplomat and really cared about keeping Ukraine free and making it as much a liberal democracy as it could be. And he said, if Ukraine succeeds in breaking free of Russia and its influence, it is possible for Europe to be wholly free, democratic, and at peace. In contrast, if Russia dominates Ukraine, which is what Russia wants to do, Putin is intent on remaking the Soviet Union. Ukraine was in the Soviet Union. Um, if, in contrast, if Russia dominates Ukraine, Russia will again become an empire, oppressing its people and threatening its neighbors and the rest of the world. Well, since we have an American president now who does Russia's bidding with such alarming regularity and always to the detriment of our security and the security of our allies, I need only point to Syria and the sickening photos of Erdogan with Putin yesterday. Putin looking unbelievably relaxed and happy. By the way, Russian tanks are now moving in to the very part of Syria where Americans have left. We left, the Russians have moved in. A total abdication and give, abdication on our part and gift to Russian influence. It's a gift to Assad. It's a gift to Erdogan. Our president, the would-be autocrat, Donald Trump, has given a gift to his three autocratic pals, none of whom are allies of this country, and I don't care that Na uh, Turkey is somehow in NATO. He's made these three bad guys happy. And as I speak, Kurds are running for their lives. Kurds are dying. The very people who put their lives down by the thousands to try to defeat ISIS. It's, uh, how anyone can support this president. Is beyond me. Taylor testified yesterday that he was told, with in no uncertain terms, that if Ukraine did not make public these two investigations that the president wanted, 
so he would have dirt on Biden. By the way, one of these investigation is about a is a is about a cons- trying to prove a conspiracy theory. And again, trying to protect Russia. Trying to say that no, it wasn't Russia that interfered in our election in 2016. It was Ukraine. <laughs> this again would be a Russian inspired theory. And Taylor said that it was quite clear, and it came from the president, that if the president of Ukraine would not make public that he was doing these two favors, these two investigations, he would neither release the money, nor would he deign to allow the Ukrainian president to visit him at the White House. I'm trying to think of all the people the president has happily met with at the White House. One, rather recently, uh, the president of uh, Hungary, Viktor Orban, who is cut from the same cloth as Erdogan and Putin, and apparently, along with Putin, helped to spread and buttress these conspiracy theories and anti-Ukraine propaganda with the president meeting at the White House. Have you seen that Viktor Orban is in the news today in a story that shows again how totally corrupted our foreign policy has become our State Department has become. Uh, I take you to Budapest. And it is in Budapest, Hungary, where the United States Embassy is located. And on July 4th, I guess, uh, generally speaking, there is a little bit of a get-together at the uh, embassy. I'm sure that's true at embassies all over the world. Um, And it has been always sort of a modest little uh, garden party in which which the attendees celebrate American democracy. But uh, this July 4th, we now learn, Trump's ambassador who, of course, to, the, to Hungary, who, like Sondland, is a totally inept, rich business pal and donor to Trump. He's an 81-year-old former jewelry dealer. He, last July 4th, invited over 800 people (laughs) to the July 4th celebration. He spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on a huge gala. Uh, Part of that money went into the pocket of, get this, Paul Anka. Paul Anka was flown in to serenade the guests and the guest of honor especially. 
none other than Prime Minister Victor Orban, who has spent his time in office curtailing the freedoms <laughs> that America celebrates on July 4th. Freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Uh, Victor Orban has taken over the country's judiciary, its legislative branch. He has uh, muzzled uh, the press. He has even shut down universities. And he was the guest of honor at this July 4th celebration, lavish celebration in Hungary. As Paul Anka serenaded him specifically with a rendition of, get this, my way. I did it my way. Victor Orban, his way is white nationalism, it's hate-filled anti-immigrant, it's anti-Semitic, it is everything you know that Trump loves. It is reported that a lot of people who were in the room were simply stunned and here was an American ambassador on July 4th lavishing praise on a far-right leader whose party has eroded Hungarian democracy This 81-year-old ambassador is a good friend of Donald's. And this just lends credence to the concerns of even some Republicans that the people that Trump has put in important positions who are part of now the foreign policy team working under the State Department, that these people are dangerously clueless and unprepared for the job, which is to protect America and its interests. Our ambassador has become very palsy-walsy with Urban. Listen to this. He accompanied Urban to Orban, excuse me, Orban to the White House meeting that he scored, where of course the president of Ukraine could not get. And on the flight back to Budapest, our ambassador happily told people that Orban and he were so exhausted from the long day that they stripped to their underwear and napped and chatted on couches in the back of the plane. Our ambassador and this autocratic white nationalist son of a bitch in their underwear 
having a great time lying there together. I mean, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. What? Barbara has sent me something from, uh, what is this from? Business, uh, God, I hate this new email. It takes out so much crapola. Uh, Huffington Post, I guess. Um, this is in their business uh, section. Headline, women at Ernst & Young instructed on how to dress and how to act nicely around men. <laughs> when is this from? 1950? Uh, no. Here's some of what they were told. When women speak, they shouldn't be shrill. Clothing must flatter, but short skirts are a no-no. After all, according to this Ernst and Young, uh, what? sexuality scrambles the mind, quote, unquote. This was a training that took place at Ernst and Young for the women who work there. And this is at the height of, this was in June of 2018, okay? Wow. Women should look healthy and fit with a good haircut and manicured nails. Before the workshop, women were given a masculine-feminine score sheet which had them rate their adherence to stereotypical characteristics of men and women. Uh, and the so-called masculine traits that I suppose they weren't supposed to say they had, here were the masculine traits. Acts as a leader. Aggressive. Ambitious. Analytical. Strong personality. Willing to take a stand. The so-called feminine tra traits that they were supposed to rate themselves on were cheerful, childlike, affectionate, compassionate, gullible, yielding. Not one of the feminine traits on this Ernst and Young, what the fuck, had anything to do with leadership. The women who were there said uh, they were coached on how to interact with men in the workplace. And her notes came, I guess she shared with the reporter who did this, don't directly confront men in meetings because men perceive this as threatening. If you're having a conversation with a man, cross your legs and sit at an angle to him. Don't talk to a man face to 
face. Men see that as threatening. What? This was a training held in Ernst & Young, that's a huge accounting firm, uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, and this was for, get this, 30 female executives. It included a 55-page presentation. It was a day-and-a-half seminar. And one of the women who was so appalled by it gave it to a reporter. And the presentation essentially focused on how women just need to fix themselves to fit into a male-dominated workplace. The training is called PPP, Power, Presence, Purpose. Unbelievable. I mean... Attendees were told that women's brains absorb information like pancakes soak up syrup, so it's hard for them to focus. Men's brains, on the other hand, are more like waffles. They're better able to focus because the information collects in each little waffle square. What? What? I can't even. Barbara sent me this, and she said, um, "Did you dis did you discuss? I can't. What do you say? How do you discuss? What? Oh, and this. Oh man, man, man! They're so friggin' fragile. You can't look them in the eye. You can't." You can't take them on in a meeting. You literally have to turn your body and cross your legs. You have to make sure that your sexuality is sort of like fuzzed up, but you look fit and healthy and have manicured nails. It brings me to this that I read today in the Washington Post. Just a little again. Um, what do you mean this content has been disabled? Okay. I'll try to remember the story as much as I can, although there is no way I can possibly remember what this son of a bitch said. This was in a hearing um, in a uh, county in Tennessee, uh, and it's run by a group of commissioners. There are 25 commissioners I'm remembering. Um, all of them are white. 24 of them are male. And one of the men, one of the commissioners at this hearing, went on a rant about how white men in this country have very 
few rights. What degree of what degree of unawareness or insanity would allow a guy sitting in a room with 24 other guys who look just like him and one woman and they run the county and they're be he's bemoaning the fact that white men somehow have very few rights and then he went on to say this is the only thing i have access to for some reason we got a queer running for president i guess he's talking about Buttigieg. And if that ain't about as ugly as you can get. We can go over here to the county jail and get better people, better people than those running for the Democrats to be the president. I'm not prejudiced. I finally got access to it. I'm not prejudiced. But by golly, a white male in this country has very few rights. And they're getting took more every day. You'll hear them stand on the stage and say, Oh, I'm for the poor and the black. You never hear one of them say, I believe white people have rights too. Remember again, this spoken by a man sitting with 24 other white men who run the county. This is the county commission. What level of absolute insanity does that suggest? We're living in Crazyville. Uh, Ryan Dito has joined us, as he's wont to do. Speaking of a white man, am I right? You're okay. <laughs> As white men go. I mean, but wh- how oh, can... Oh, this guy, yeah. Did you see this Yeah, thing? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just... I'm just... Not, I'm like... I've gotten to the point where I'm like unsurprised by this kind of stuff. Like, it's just like, oh, another bigot. Like, great, you know. Um, Did you see this one? There was a uh, seminar for women executives at Ernst & Young. Okay. No, I didn't see last this. Last year. Okay. Where they were told things like this, that <laughs> women's brains are like pancakes, so they can't the focus. They get this and shit? men's brains are like <laughs> waffles, because you guys apparently, you you put information in different little uh, squares yes, yes, and yes, hold yes. it, yeah. so you can focus better. Yeah. I only have like maybe three squares, and then the <laughs> rest are just like, uh, the rest is a mushy pancake, I guess. And, and, and they were told... Um, to uh, score themselves on a masculine feminine score sheet. Oh yeah. Where the masculine attributes were the yeah. the, like, yeah. the masculine a- attributes were things like acts as a leader. Oh nice. Strong yeah. personality. <laughs> yeah. Ambitious, analytical. 
<laughs> Why is ambitious uh, tied to masculinity? Well, because it's never good to that's be. That's right. Oh, that's a right. Woman. Oh, I forgot. I right. forgot. No. Oh, that's right. I mean, a woman who is ambitious. Yeah. yeah that's a, just a. Is a man, that, obviously. That, well, it's a synonym for a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, the feminine traits. Mm-hmm. Affectionate, cheerful, <laughs> nice, childlike, <laughs> compassionate, gullible. What does childlike mean? That is such a that well, is such a, that is such a broad that is. That's so broad. Childlike could be immature. Childlike could be uh, a whiny. Childlike could be having uh, a tantrum. You know, childlike emotional. could be sucking your thumb. Yeah, childlike could be innocent. getting in physical fights. That's what I consider childlike. Like people who get in physical fights. It's oh like you're a child. God, like you, God, you don't know how to control your emotions. God. Yeah. Oh so, boy. I just want to say. What do you think of this new round pizza box, and how come it's taken so long? Around, I have okay. Stop and think about it. Yeah, why aren't pizza boxes round? Probably harder to make a round pizza box than it is a square one because it's just cut, cut, cut the squares. You That's know? right. So then you'd have to get like a you'd have to get a certain kind of cardboard on the side that could bend all the way around, which would probably be harder to make than just uh, flat. Well, I just want to <laughs> tell you that the big news today <laughs> is that no less than Pizza Hut is now trying out a new. Round, round box. pizza box that actually a shame. has a top that seals and yeah and they say <laughs> when it's done yeah it's compost Why do we need this? it's compostable oh i see and okay, you can nice. actually fold it up and it would fit really well in your recycling bin Got as it. opposed oh, to, all, I right, see. all right all right all right i'm, I'm starting to become a convert I always thought that cardboard was already pretty recyclable, though, right? I mean, it generally yeah, is very recyclable, right? Yeah, but you know what right? they say? They, they make clear the recyclable, uh, you know, yeah, the, the instructions. Yeah. They don't want, they're not wild about pizza boxes if mm-hmm. they have uh, greasy yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's true. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they often do. do. Oh, of course. Pizza's greasy, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that is a good idea. And, and really having something that's actually um, compostable instead of recyclable, because most recycled stuff it just ends up in a landfill anyway. It's all a bunch of big, big scam. But um, so. Oh, Gigi tells us that Ernst & Young canceled the training after conceding it contained a <laughs> <laughs> No shit. <laughs> Women are childlike. That's a. I, I don't know what else. I don't know how more offensive you can be. And the the attendees at this thing were thirty executive women. Can you imagine? Who, who how do wrote they that? not? You know what? And I have, have been to like tell three dudes, I old have, dudes that are like, "Hey, we got to write something. Let's write it up real quick." I want to know why these thirty women at Ernst and Young didn't stand up and walk out. Because they did not. Labor organizing is really hard, and especially when you're in a, a world that is uh, executives, where it's kind of you're 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 taught that labor organizing is bad. You know, I've thought about that about Facebook a lot. Like, what are these Facebook employees doing? I want to know all of them in Silicon Valley in this area, like really liberal area, right? Like, why why are they why are they okay with with you know Zuckerberg just being like a total asshole? Like, what, are they, what are they supposed to do? Uh, organize. Like, why Why don't they organize? Why don't they strike? Why don't they force their employer to be a better person? They have power. Like, I think it's like this weird thing that, like, tech workers don't think they can labor organize, right? Like, you don't see it that often. They could just do a walkout, 
they could say, Zuckerberg, like, we think you're making a mistake. Either they agree with him or they're just too afraid to to organize. How did how did the how did the, you know, you know, strikers in Homestead get better rights? How do they do this? I mean, yeah, but I think you know what I think? I think they the people who work at Facebook have grown up in a culture from birth to now mm-hmm. in which unions are not much of a presence yeah in oh, which definitely. individuality and you know every every man for himself mm-hmm. kind of yeah. ethic yeah that kind of that, that kind of libertarian mindset yeah yeah well and yeah, especially yeah. like in yeah especially in the tech world <laughs> and like no nah, it's okay um no, no, like, because I grew up in that area, and like, yeah, uh, unions. I mean, you know, California actually does have a lot of union workers, um, but not not in the tech world, and not really in the white collar world um, there, which is what I mean. A lot of my contemporaries growing up in a kind of well off sub, I mean, in a very well off suburb, um, those are the people who work at Facebook now. And I yeah. think I think they don't think that. And if you're listening, <laughs> you can organize. You can say, "Hey Zuckerberg, like we don't agree with 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 you know what you're doing." Um, but I, I don't know. I've always thought that it is like a weird thing. The same with the Ernst and Young thing. Like, why don't they do it? I think we don't remember that we have power, power. as workers. Well, see, power comes in numbers. Yeah. And it's I it requires a measure of leadership on yeah. the part of somebody. Yeah. Uh the ability of somebody to bring people together yeah. and recognize their power. Yeah. And most people are I, we if we haven't figured out anything in the last few years, most people are friggin' cowards. Yeah. They're sheep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People are afraid. There's they're, not yeah, a lot. they're afraid. People are scared. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, especially as inequality has gotten job, worse. Well, and right? if you have a job, yeah. you don't want to lose it. If you yeah, have a of course, job. of course. And so that's a big, but, 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 but there's this, I would, I would argue there's just like a rational fear, fear that like, like why would Facebook just lay off? Like if there were enough people, why would Facebook just lay off all these people? Like, you know, unemployment is extremely low right now, right? So right. there's so a good chance you to... would go get another job. It's not like yeah. there's, it's not like Silicon Valley is like doing bad, you know? Like I you don't can, know. There's lots of people who go in between work. I've just, I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about. I think about. Where we become increasingly uh, self-centered. Collective action for some people just never even occurs to them. No. I, I mean, we are... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I was reading today, and I've often wondered why. You know, the Republicans, you know that a majority of Republican senators would want Trump gone. Sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. He's if like, not all he, of them. He's like I, an, mean, I mean, he's an anchor on their party right now. There's no doubt. He's making it harder for them. And he's make, making it impossible. Yeah. yeah, even really? though they like what he is doing, doing other some than of yeah, a what lot he's they, doing, they like what a lot he is doing. They wish he right, was right. more traditionally Republican and sneaky about it. <laughs> right, right. But they're a fearful, right? If they stick their head up, bang, he cuts it off. Yeah. Why? Why don't they? And maybe they will. Why don't they recognize that there's safety in numbers? Well. And but but I mean that well, that well, that seems like an easy answer though is because they also don't believe in collective bargaining as anything. They don't yeah, believe in that. They they're believe the ones that believe in trying... self protection. Yes. Yes. And their self protection in all of them yeah. or 
30 of them yeah. clandestinely, little by little, getting together all... and saying, you know what? We're convicting the son of a bitch. Well, it's not like we don't still hold I mean, the Senate and the, and the White House. Yeah. We'll have Pence. You still have and Pence, he's such yeah. an idiot. We yeah. can definitely oh, yeah. well, He would be way him. better than Trump. So why don't they freaking do for it if side. enough of them do it? Yeah. I, I agree I, with you. I agree with you that, like, if enough of them did it, if you had a large percentage of them do it, I don't think it would actually hurt the party. I don't think it would even hurt their own chances. It but would help. they're clearly afraid of getting primaried because Trump is so popular because, because the, you know, right-wing apparatus that has supported him since the beginning, you know, the right-wing media apparatus, I should say, that, like, uh, Nixon didn't have. Um, he's so popular among the, like, fervent, uh, Republican voters that he will um, they risk like say Toomey came out right and said like let's let's remove Trump right if you know if Senator yeah. Toomey came out and did it then um how how he he would fear that there would be a Republican that's more to the right of him that would primary him and he would lose his seat which would definitely mean that that seat would probably go to the Democrat too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I think, I think that's where the fear is. It is like a self-preservation, but I think you're right. I think they don't understand that if enough of them came together and said, let's remove Trump, then, um, yeah, I don't think they would take as big a hit as they assume that they would, that all of them would be primary. They're not going to primary all of them. They can't primary all of them, you know, but so, I'm starting to hold out hope that there will be a conviction. I think there's, it feels like there's more of a chance. I mean, it's got to be really high, though. It's like 66 senators. So they need, um, is it 20? They need 20 Republicans. Yeah. They need 20 yes. Republicans. Yes. Because there's 47 uh, Dems and Independents who caucus with the Dems, right? And then there's there, 53. They need 20. So they need 20. Or 19, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, even if you That's have, even if you lot, have Romney, even if you have um, ones that are in, 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 in bad shape in terms of their, you know, political races right now to Democrats, like Cory Gardner or, 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 or uh, Susan Collins or Murkowski, if you have these uh, people that feel like they're vulnerable, are there 19 of them? Are there 20 of them? I don't think so. Well, I think there's a lot of shoes that are still going to drop, and um, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. come on. I think you think it's going to happen. I, I'm stuck. I don't want to be stupid. <laughs> naive. He's definitely going to get impeached by the House, though. I feel like that's oh, like... Oh, no, that's... That's a, like... that's like I, Everyone's talking... I've, I've heard people go, oh, I don't know. It's like, no, that's, that's definitely going to happen. Like, I don't... They don't even need all of the Democrats. That's the thing, you know? Like, there could be some, like, Connor Lamb... Uh, who might not vote against... Um, He'll vote for impeachment. Well, he might not. I don't know. but He, he will. I, I, I think he will, too, but I think I'm saying is that for him to get impeached in the House, there could still be some Democrats that side with the Republicans, and it's not going to matter because the majority of... The vast majority of them are going right. to vote... Right. I mean, the vote, impeachment is Vote happening. for impeachment, yes. That, but then no it way just matters what happens in the Senate, like yeah. if it can clear the 66... Senators, but I yeah, I think there could be a chance, especially if he keeps putting his foot in his mouth, and his and his staff too, Mulvaney going back oh and my forth. What God a dumb, dumb. Almighty. <laughs> So I've heard there's there's a bunch of uh, 
uh, protest today? Yeah, What's yeah. What's happening? Uh, there's, um, so there's a few protests that are related to uh, just natural gas drilling, that kind of uh, environmental protest. Let's say because we know, he's speaking He's to speaking a, at a natural gas conference. Um, and so there's some protests against that saying that natural gas is uh, bad for the environment, is um, a fossil fuel. Uh, it, it, it emits, you know, um, less carbon than coal does, but it emits methane, which is uh, arguably more uh, or worse for the environment uh, in terms of greenhouse gases. And then there's also some uh, impeachment protests that say we support impeachment. And I believe uh, earlier, I think this already happened, there was a... Um, uh, a Jewish uh, protest that was um, yeah the, uh, the you group know, Ben the Ark ben the it's Ark. called That's Ben right. the Ark I think they Jewish were group. they were down at Gateway uh, Center I heard that some were arrested That's I just I was just looking there was a WTAE story that said some were arrested so I'm not sure if they were yeah I saw the street a, or... I saw a WESA story oh, okay. that some were arrested sitting in the street so I think that's why they were arrested um, and I'm and. I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with with with, with them being arrested for sitting in the street, but um, the police did say beforehand that they would be that they would be doing that basically this time. They because they were worried about the uh, congestion effects of the president's visit, so they would be normally there. They've been in my in all my reporting of protests, the police have been um, pretty. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pretty Pittsburgh lenient. Police that, are pretty good. Um, in terms in of that this, regard, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, there hasn't been, you know, there's never been that much violence. There's uh, compared to, especially compared to like St. Louis and these other cities. Um, so yes, but I do believe they will be hastier to arrest people if you are blocking uh, the the street. You know, regardless of that, is yeah, okay. Or understandably, not. Yes. I'll tell you who's blocking the streets today: Trump. <laughs> Blocking streets all over the place, closing them down, for God's sake. Um, yeah, 10th Street Bypass is Oh, closed. wait, Tony's telling me, Lynn, please tell your listeners that pizza boxes are not recyclable, <gasps> even if they're <gasps> in the city. Wow, I didn't know the, that. The recycling crew is not going to check and see if your pizza box is greasy or not. Well, what if you take it to the recycling like centers where there's the cardboard boxes? Oh, who the hell's going to do, do that? I do that. I do that. Oh, you're such a goody two-shoes. <laughs> Most people are not going to do that. <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, you got the blue bins, though. Couldn't you put in the blue bins well, or whatever? Well, I put, I've put my... If they're greasy, I don't. Okay. And if they're okay, I do have a blue bin I put them in, and those blue bins are taken yeah but i mean they might just throw it in the trash i think that's the idea is that that's what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of recycling yeah, just ends up getting thrown in the trash oh, God. better just to reuse stuff okay okay so i just wanna uh I, I i i did you see that there was a, a seminary in new jersey that has pledged to spend 27 million dollars on scholarships um to address its historical ties to slavery oh wow no i didn't see this the biggest uh, such effort of its kind. You've heard of some, you know, saying, oh, well, like Georgetown, we'll give a few mil here. This is just a seminary. Yeah. 27 million. About 10% of the seminary's uh, students are black. Okay. Um, it's called the Princeton Theological Seminary. It is not, even though it's in... Uh, New Jersey. It is not part of. It's not affiliated with Princeton. With the and university or the with town. The uni with the university. Okay. Um, 
But here's the point that it makes. It did a study on how much since our founding in 1812 did this, you know, northern uh, seminary benefit from slavery. Oh, wow. That's interesting. It's not did we hold slaves. Yeah. They didn't. Obviously. Because they're in a non-slave state. They wanted to see how much of, they've got a pretty big endowment. Yeah. How much of what we got came because of they the slave economy. Wow. And they did a long, long report. And here's what they found. They benefited from the slave economy through investments in southern banks. Wow. Yeah. And by having donors who also, they gave them money, but yeah, they, had benefited yeah, they had benefited from, from slavery. slavery. And they figured out that money given by slaveholders and the interest it generated accounted for 15% of the seminary's revenue before the Civil War. Wow. That's amazing. And they That's said, remarkable that if, they would do something like that. If donors, they said, whose wealth was at least partly derived from slavery, were factored also in, as much as 30 to 40% of the seminary's pre-Civil War revenue wow. could be said to be linked to slavery. So how much is $27 million of their total endowment now? They, a lot of people are saying it's not enough. Yeah. Well, definitely. The whole country's um, economy was built on, uh, you know. The president of the Association of Black Seminarians criticized the <laughs> $27 million figure as being well below what the seminary's own accounting indicated should be set aside. It has a billion dollar oh. endowment. Hello. Whoa. That is a lot. How could a seminary have that much money? Man. Oh, well, they're boy. telling you. <laughs> but this is white. This is white power. Again. Yeah. This is white privilege. This yeah. is how white people hold all the money. Oh, because definitely. Because since 1812 and before, yeah. they've, well, they've been collecting yeah. it. Well, and like, uh, and like historically, attempts to even the playing field have been met with fierce resistance in terms of like. Uh, uh, the Tulsa riots and Black Wall Street yeah, and right. like I mean like so many things so many instances in which it's redlining says, stuff like that it says here last month the Virginia Theological Seminary which was actually physically built with slave labor mm. and whose founders were slave owners they were one of the first institutions to earmark specifically money for the descendants of uh, slaves, but they pledge less than two million dollars. I see. This is so kind of like a this is like a testing ground for like what what like reparations could look like in America. It sounds that's like. exactly right. Yeah, and and if Americans start getting educated to how this yeah the wealth we hold oh yeah you know those of us in the north yeah or the west or the west <laughs> you think <laughs> it wasn't just the south that was benefiting. Oh no, the whole country labor. did. Of course, because we the were all we were all still nation. one country. Uh, yeah, you go to Washington D.C. That was built by slaves. Yeah, and a whole ton of black people still live in the District of Columbia right. and are actually not given full representation. Which which is insane. That should be the like the first thing. 
if the Democrats take the uh, House and the Senate, um, sorry, White House and the Senate in 2020. Give D.C. proper representation. First thing. That needs to be, like, the first thing. It's just, like, it just so makes sense. It's just, like, one, they've been asking for it forever. Two, if you're a Democrat, you obviously want to, like, shore up your base a little bit, get some more senators, like, do this. I mean, like, let's just call it like it is. Same with Puerto Rico. Um, that should, but, yeah, that's a different story. But, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that, um, yeah, it is like a testing. I mean, like, it's almost like a, it, it's almost like a preview of what the politics are going to be of it like, is that there are going to be some people that are saying, here's how we're going to calculate what it is. And then there's going to be pushback, probably oh, rightfully yeah. so, oh, that yeah. says that is not nearly enough. Not like, enough. And, and, and I think that's good, though. I think it's good that we're going to be putting this out. I mean, I'm always afraid of what the right wing is going to you know, do with it. But um, I think it's a good discussion that we should be having that, like, how much... I mean, a billion, a billion dollar endowment. My goodness, that's a lot. For a seminary <laughs> so that much has, money. How do these listen to this. So much money? For a seminary <laughs> that has uh, 360 students. I'm going to walk out. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That oh, I forgot insane. you do have to walk oh, out, actually. We are starting. It's uh, fifth, oh, yeah, you got one minute. Actually, I probably do. Okay. Okay, but, okay uh, so you're going over there today? Oh, yeah, what? I'm going to, going to cover Trump. Uh, I'm going to be inside, so I'll be... Uh, live tweeting a little bit some of the rallies some of my observations um hopefully fact checking a little bit of his stuff but then i'll be writing a fact check later we got we got some photographers covering covering the protests that will be happening the fact and that the white house toward just in the last few days told the people at this open it up to the public oh that means they're worried about how many people For, have showed up well no they want he wants to do oh, what yeah. he does yeah he's gonna he's gonna he wants his rabble there yeah but I'm also I'm I have a guess I I don't know that they're not going to get as many people as they want because of the coverage that that Pittsburgh has had the being like stay away because it's going to be so much traffic and I know a lot of people from outside of Pittsburgh love Trump but I think they hate traffic more <laughs> so I'm gonna... they like Trump and hate traffic more I don't know uh, tra why do you think they live out there so they avoid the traffic that makes sense yeah but they got to drive back and all the, all over the I agree but they, I'm know. telling you we'll see we'll see Idiot. follow me on Twitter thank you Ryan <laughs> Dito thank you and I have to leave early too so we're shortchanging you five minutes hope you don't mind and um, stay the hell out of Pittsburgh today and uh, I'll see you tomorrow Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.